0: morning good afternoon and good evening rugby fans and welcome to episode 129 of the dnvr rugby podcast my name is colton strickler i'm your host good show for everybody today Uh, we'll go ahead and start the show off the same way we do every week that's why jumping into the breakdown the breakdown is brought to you by o'neill's o'neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby infinity park and the american raptors shop apparel now at o'neill's.com that's pretty short breakdown today honestly there's not too much I want to talk about but I do want to highlight some of the stuff going on with the American Raptors um, and again not a ton of updates other than the fact that the Raptors have been back at practice for two weeks now this week was was really like the first full week of practice you know less admin stuff more practicing a bit more of a regular schedule um, and I'm sure we'll just keep getting ramped up as the season goes along um, but I guess more importantly there were a ton of American Raptors in action around the MLR last weekend. For the opening weekend of MLR Twenty Twenty Two, Campbell Johnstone, of course, scored the first try in Dallas Jackals' history on Saturday night. And in that Dallas Austin Gilgronis match, I think there was five player, five American Raptors, and four like, uh, three true like, crossover athletes. And Casey McDermott vibes playing for Austin, uh, Sam Phillips playing for Dallas, and uh, Tommy Medeiros, of course, playing for Dallas as well. Campbell Johnstone, the guy I just talked about. Uh, it was with the XOs from the beginning, uh. you know, obviously comes from a more traditional rugby background than Don McKenna in that match as well. So uh, five American Raptors from the fall active in that match, which is awesome to see. Uh, And then just the rest, you know, around the league, we're going to see a lot more this upcoming weekend. Former Captain Tony Tupo will make his MLR debut tonight for the Seattle Seawolves as they take on the Utah Warriors. Talk a little bit more about that and all the rugby you could watch this weekend in a couple of minutes. Um, But it's good to see, and it's good to see Campbell get to, you know, score that first try, get in the history books there, and I can imagine we're only going to see more, right? We didn't see Sean Clark, who's still probably nursing his shoulder injury back. Um, Caleb Geiger out in New York, we should see him this weekend, I would think. So it's going to be a fun season keeping up with all these guys. Um, and it was cool to see a lot of them get some action in the opening round. So, something to keep an eye on for sure. And then of course, as a American Raptors, the current American Raptors continue to get back into the swing of things. Uh we'll have more news and stuff on them as they get a little bit closer to matches. I think as of now, they're supposed to play their first match in about a month. I will of course update you all when I find out more of those specifics on that. But they're getting back into it. I'm looking forward to, you know, like I said, uh, last week I've met a couple of the new guys, looking forward to getting to know them a little bit better, getting them on the podcast. Um, So it's looking like it's going to be a fun spring, that's for sure. That does it for the breakdown. We'll go ahead and talk about all the rugby you can watch this weekend now. Of course, start with Major League Rugby Round 2, the match I just talked about. Utah Warriors are at the Seattle Seawolves on Thursday. So by the time you hear this, the match will already have been over um, that's at 8.30 p.m. on the Rugby Network. Looking forward to seeing what Tawny does in that match. Uh, for the next match of the weekend, we got some Friday night rugby. The Los Angeles Teenies are at the Toronto Arrows. First home match for Toronto in two years, I think. It's been a long time, uh, so you know that place is going to be wound up, ready to cheer on the Arrows. Uh, that's on Friday at 8 p.m. on the Rugby Network. We've got the Dallas Jackals at the San Diego Legion. Uh, on Saturday at 2 p.m., that one will be on the Rugby Network as well. Again, looking forward to seeing a lot of those Raptors fellas in the Dallas Jackals lineup. Um, that's what I'm going to be looking for. We've got Rugby United New York, excuse me, Rugby New York, that's going to be a hard habit to break, at Houston Sabercats on Saturday at 6 p.m. That one will also be on the Rugby Network And that match. Of course, got Pono Davis down in Houston. Looking forward to seeing Caleb Geiger in New York, something that we'll be keeping our eye on uh next match of the weekend we have rugby atl at nola gold on saturday at 6 p.m when that one's on fox sports one uh, and then the final match of the weekend wraps up on saturday night at 6 30 p.m on the rugby network we have old glory dc at the austin Gronies. again uh, looking forward to seeing casey mcdermott vi get some more run down in austin so it does it for all the MLR matches, getting them out of the way early. That's why we have a Thursday and a Friday night match, and then the rest of the matches are on Saturday because we got the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, so looking forward to watching that. Moving into Premiership, we got Bristol Bears versus London Irish on Friday at 12.45 p.m. and Leicester Tigers versus Northampton Saint- Hampton Saints on Friday at 12.45 p.m. Uh, so, you got yourself a nice little Friday slate. You can watch either one of those matches and then roll straight into the guillotinies at the arrows. Got Sail Sharks for Worcester Warriors on Saturday at 8 a.m. Exeter Chiefs versus Gloucester on Saturday at 8 a.m. Wasps versus Bath on Saturday at 8 a.m. And then Saracens versus Harlequins on Sunday at 6 a.m. It's the last one you can squeeze in right before the Super Bowl. Uh, no, never mind. There's a couple more coming up. Jump the gun. Uh, but you can catch all those matches on Peacock. We've got one match in the Allianz Premier 15s this weekend. It looks like a makeup match. We've got the Harlequins women versus the Worcester Warriors women. That's on Saturday at 8 a.m. on Premier15s.com. And then last but certainly not least, we got round two of the Guinness Six Nations. We've got Wales versus Scotland, France versus Ireland. Uh, that, excuse me, Wales versus Scotland's on Saturday at 7.15 a.m. France versus Ireland's on Saturday at 8.45 a.m., and then Italy versus England is on Sunday at 8 a.m. So if you really want to watch sports all day, you can watch Saracens versus Harlequins on Sunday at 6 a.m., right into Italy versus England on Sunday at 8 a.m., uh, and then you can watch a Super Bowl. And I don't know about the Super Bowl, but those rugby matches will be on Peacock. That does it. I think for all the rugby you can watch this weekend, I know there's quite a bit. We're, we're almost in full swing. we got Super Rugby getting rolling next week. Looking forward to watching that. Uh, so it's just the list is going to continue to grow, which is good news since we're we're in the spring almost. Moving into the interview portion of the show, this interview with Seattle Seawolves Director of Communications Carly McKinnon is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouthguard revolution with American-made mouthguards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. So, for those that don't know, Carly. Been involved with the Seattle SeaWolves since MLR started. I got to know her when I worked for the league. Stayed in contact with her ever since. Uh, a few times I've made it over to Seattle. I make sure to say hi to Carly. She's an important in person in rugby. Um, she's got a unique perspective on everything. Like I said, she's been in the same position with the SeaWolves since the beginning of it all. So she's seen you know everything from day one to now. And like I said, she's an important person. She got an awesome story. So I wanted to make sure I reached out to her. I talked to her about doing this last summer. We finally got it nailed down, uh, knocked it out just before New Year's, um, and I, and this is something I want to do a little bit more this year, is just kind of highlight some of the more behind-the-scenes aspects of rugby stuff that you don't think about all the time. That's um, kind of what I want to focus on a little bit this year, and I thought per- Carly would be the perfect person, you know, to start this off with, so... Uh, To give you all a little separate peek behind the curtain, this was my flu game. Did this interview a couple hours before I test positive for COVID just before New Year's. I woke up that morning, had a pretty solid feeling that I had it. Uh, Sure enough, went and got tested, got COVID. So that really doesn't have anything to do with the interview. But just just a little fun fact, just a little tidbit. If you're keeping score at home, if you got like a DNVR rugby trivia tracker, that could be a question I think somewhere uh, at some point in time. Uh, so, with that introduction, let's go ahead and kick into my conversation with Seattle Seawolves Director of Communications, Carly McKinnon. All right, now welcome onto to the show a very special guest. We have the Marketing Communications Director for the Seattle Seawolves, Carly McKinnon. Carly, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Colton?
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for coming to chat with me for a little bit. Looking forward to it. I know we talked about it last summer, so uh, it's been nice to kind of get it knocked out here six, seven months later
1: yeah for sure yeah
0: so carly first question i ask everybody that comes on the show is just can you tell us a little bit about where you're from
1: yeah so i'm uh born and raised here in the state of washington um kind of on the the east side of of western washington um went to to high school here uh went to my university is over in uh, pullman washington which is basically idaho Uh Um, but with, it's as far as I could get away from home without, without going out of state. um, state Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and then I came back right after, um, college to to the Seattle area and I just really haven't found a reason to leave and rugby is a big, big part of that. Um, so yeah, born and raised and haven't left yet.
0: Yeah. I don't blame you. It's a great place. I love going to visit. Yeah. It's a, it's a must stop every year. I feel like I got to knock it out, go up there and check everything out. Unfortunately, last year came at the time when it was like a billion degrees. That was awful.
1: Yeah. August is a, is a scorcher and it definitely, um, makes up for, for the, the, for the rain and and kind of the overcast
0: (laughs) throughout the year. Yes. I guess it's got to balance out somehow. Uh, So Carly, how did you get involved in rugby? When did you kind of take an interest in it and just how did that all come about?
1: Yeah, so rugby for me started officially back in in 2010. It had an opportunity um, to kind of step into my life um, in 2009 when I was a junior in high school. When a friend of mine asked if I wanted to come to a practice, um, but I was already committed to running track, which in hindsight is so silly because I was only running track and involved in track as like an off season sport for soccer. Yeah. Um, I'm not any any good at uh <laughs> those those types of individual team sports, um or individual sports to be honest. And I'm I'm not very fast. Um, so it's just something that I did and I, I felt really loyal and committed to that already so I, I bypassed the opportunity um to go to a practice uh, a year sooner but my senior year i didn't run track because i got a job prepping for college so my family wanted me to do and the same person asked me like hey do you want to come to rugby practice and i grew up always wanting to play american football mm-hmm. obviously that's um something that's changing yeah. for girls these days which is great to see but not an option for me back in the early um 2000s and, and 2000 teens um yeah so rugby realistically was it actually a great fit for me and so um since i didn't have another sport conflict i did go to a practice uh for a club team uh called the kent crusaders which i'm pretty sure is the first girls like high school aged club team in the country Um, they started in in 1991 um, and uh yeah they have they have quite the the track record which I had no idea um how successful the club was I was just going out to try something right. that looked like football um so yeah it took uh, like one practice um is all it kind of took and I I fell in love between the coach um his name is Rex Norris um and uh he was my coach and I I give a lot of credit to him for me falling in love with it so quickly because yeah. I got I got treated differently than I did in my soccer experience. And I think I was craving that as a young person and as a young athlete to just be welcomed. And there was a right. you know, there's politics in rugby, but not in the same way that I was dealing with like, like soccer.
0: Right. I totally agree. Yeah, that's kind of how my experience was with, with football, you know, coming from football over into rugby, it just was a big breath of fresh air. Um, and it was one that I welcomed for sure. So then where, where'd your kind of rugby career take you after that? Cause I know you're still playing. So if, You go off to college and play?
1: Yeah. So I started like three months left in my senior year of high school. Um, We got the chance to go to nationals that year, which was actually in Salt Lake uh, Lake City. And we got to play at the Rio Tinto Stadium, Uh like the MLS stadium there. And so I literally went from like not being able to afford being on a travel soccer team to playing in an MLS stadium
2: (laughs) in like three months,
1: which was so special. I talk about access and opportunity. Um, we did the 15 hour bus ride thing, which I'd never done before. And, um, lots of team bonding, um, with parents, coach coaches, and my teammates as well. Um, and then, uh, that summer they kicked off a a girls stateside team, um, 17 out of 22 girls, uh, that were picked for that squad were from Kent. Uh, and then a couple just other girls that like wanted to play more rugby and so then we got to go down to Oregon and, and play NorCal and um SoCal or, uh the Oregon Redhawks, um all the other state sides. so that was another yeah. cool opportunity um pretty quick so by the time I got to WSU which I was heading over there um for sport management and, and business I knew I wanted to play so I actually walked up to the i think most universities have like a, the mall quote unquote you have like your main you know strip that you kind of walk and there's the yeah. bookstore so we had we had yeah. the mall and women's rugby had a um had a table out and i walked right up to it and started writing my information down and it kind of shell shocks the the people volunteering and working yeah. at the table because they're like wait like
0: you, you know what rugby like yeah, Do you know about this <laughs>
1: know about this and they i was like yeah i've played and like their eyes lit up and they're like what the heck like that's yeah. abnormal right, uh going to be that's, like at discovering
0: gold because everybody else i talked to on the show kind of has a similar story to you where it's like i was walking through you know the student union or the quad and somebody kind of threw me a ball and i caught it and that's kind of how i started play so i'm sure you yeah, had to find somebody that actually has played before and you don't have to start from scratch was probably you know Brand new to them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there was a, another teammate of mine from Kent, uh, Shelby Mastriani, who she she came as well. And so she played, too. So they got two girls who had played at least a little bit before getting to, to the university level. So um, I started out just like, you know, most rookies do. Um, but then our senior fullback decided to stop playing in the spring. And so all of a sudden uh, I got put in the backfield pretty, pretty quick. Um yeah. And as you know, making that jump from youth rugby or like kind of adult rugby to adult rugby yeah. um, is is crazy. And uh, I was fortunate enough while I was at WSU to play with two capped Eagles: a um, Peterson, who's a year younger than me, and then Megan Bonnie, uh, mm-hmm. who's now Megan Bonnie
0: Barrett,
1: yeah. um, for for as, as Danny's <laughs> Danny's wife. Um, yes. What a couple! And. Well, yeah. What a couple. <laughs> I want to coach that kid. They're, Seriously. they're expecting. So I would love to I'm putting in a manifesting it now on your podcast. Yeah, I'd okay. love to coach that child. We'll,
0: we'll send it to him. We'll send him the clip.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So like that's some like hard hitters. Um, we just had a solid squad and I, it was a, it was a quick wake up call. I remember getting stuck in one of the tackling drills uh, <laughs> with like the, the best, the three best tacklers on the team. And I, that is something I'm still working on as a skill set today because yeah. I played for some some offense heavy teams so um so yeah we were competitive at the d2 level and um we got to go to nationals we lost to norwich in a semifinal, i believe the score was like 29 to 12 or something like that um jackie finland at the rugby breakdown or it might have been rugby mag at that time said that was the final because in norwich went on to oh, to just smash you know, somebody else smash somebody yeah. else um so that was like cool like you know uh, that was my first taste of like oh seating can cause issues right. um and stuff like that so i got involved to um on the admin side as the match secretary so like starting to get a taste for organizing referees like giving uh directions to the other teams and kind of holding a, a position um which also included by nature just making some facebook events and starting to dabble in that yeah. um because we, we needed it. We wanted people to get to our games. So, um, in 2013, we got to go back to Stanford. Um, and we made a heck of a run, uh, for the, for the 2013 title. Um, it was a much easier route, uh, that, that year, I think Norwich bumped up to varsity or D one or something like that. So they weren't even involved. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got, I got really good at kicking for points. Um, because our team was just would score so counter counterattacks attacks and kicking for points were kind of where i started to thrive yeah. um at the university level um and during there and then during this time uh during my gap like sophomore to junior year uh, i got an internship with adamus rugby formerly Sarevi rugby yeah. over here in seattle um, just by happenstance. Um, and I got to start doing some youth coaching. Um, youngest was four, which is so much fun. Um, um they always pick, they always pick up the size five balls, um, instead of, <laughs> even though we had the size three, exactly. <laughs> and I think they liked that they could like engage with something big and it was lightweight. So they would run around with a size five. So it's just wholesome content <laughs> yes. for, that makes for all the days the area.
0: a the easier, I'm sure too. I've seen little kids running around with a big rugby ball
1: yep yeah for sure um and by working there i i naturally got pulled into the seattle breakers uh opsb scene um and that was kind of my first experience uh super rugby um getting to yeah. see some of that um that play the lou stanfills the pate tulavucas um mike petrie all those guys uh probably in their prime to be honest right um or just peaking probably going into their you know second or push for their world cups and stuff and um so i started playing sevens um in 2012 because evan hagg who was working at us at the time um kind of wrote me wrote me into it but that was a ton of fun and between coaching all summer and playing sevens um one of my teammates, I remember she, we got back to, I got back to my junior year, which, which was my last year on campus, um, just the way that my degree went. Yeah. And she, we had like a couple weeks for the rookie or for the vets before like the rookies came out um, just to kind of get us, our cobwebs off. So we looked like we knew what we were doing for <laughs> the hope, new hopeful <laughs> rugby players. And um, one of my teammates, Trelby, was like, what the hell did you do all summer? Cause I could all of a sudden I could like pass off my left hand
2: yeah.
1: and stuff. And I was like, I played rugby. Yeah. Like all I, I like had a ball in my hand right. six out of seven days a week, um, between coaching summer camps and then Saturdays were sevens and then sevens by nature, you just get a lot more time with the ball okay. in hand. So, um, so yeah, so we, we won in, in 2013. Um, and then I, I came back over here to Seattle and Another seven season and kind of got sucked into the adult rugby scene, um, and was welcomed to the BCRU uh, that fall yeah. for for 15. So um, you know, playing up in British Columbia was just a, another huge step up. Um, and we lost every single game that season. I think I played. 80 minutes of every game, which yeah. is probably anywhere from 14 to 16.
0: Baptism on um, fire. You had no choice. But yeah, to
1: <laughs> exactly. And I learned how to ruck that year because <laughs> that was just something I like defensively did not spend that much time uh, on that side of the ball, which was a blessing and a curse because definitely a catch 22. Um, so rapid learning curve, my, my first year, um, playing 15s for for seattle so um yeah so i'm still still playing 15s uh still playing sevens trying to figure out you know which one i like better still (laughs) everyone always asks me and i think it's i think i'm leaning towards sevens a bit more um and maybe that's just my body talking um not getting not being a target as a as a nine and a ten um, as you know, right, and and the audience knows we're we're a hot commodity to to get a shoulder into <laughs> exactly.
0: Just when you get rid of the ball, they want to they want to you know give you some extra right there. That's awesome. Yes, though. that's a lot of rugby, and that I guess it kind of leads into. I know you you hinted at a little bit, but started to make these Facebook groups and all this stuff. So I guess how did the opportunity to to link up with the Sea Wolves come about?
1: Yeah, so I um, spent five oh actually at out of this. And I ended up um, the last role I kind of had was a, a content uh, manager. And I did a bit of customer service as well um, for the camps and the, and the parents. And so I remember I just was the youngest person. So here's your you know, trial <laughs> by fire again. Yes. Um, here's the Insta- here's the Instagram login. And we had about 200 followers. I think that was it. Um, And this is before paid ads and and the beast that algorithms have have made the digital world. Um, And so just my whole mantra and it still is to this day where I can do it is put the social in in social media. And I love talking to people about rugby. So naturally it was a, a good fit. Um, I was also coaching high schoolers um, at the time I came back in 2014. I started coaching my alma mater, my the Kent Crusaders nice. for during the seventh se- season. So I was around high I was around the customer, um, both the parent and the player. And so I feel like I just picked up this natural voice uh, and tendency to, to be able to engage with, with folks over social media. Um, so I did take, that i remember that 200 200 mark and by the time i left we were at twenty eight point six thousand nice. followers on instagram and we got verified and um all that good stuff obviously lots of credit to you know i saw Sarevi and and emily bidewell and matt trueville shalom sean Pittman. and we had just this star-studded
0: yeah group of people Murderer's that obviously of a team right there
1: <laughs> yeah i was like we... you could ever have like a <laughs> uh, like a biz biz ops like top like fifteen yeah uh fifteen of the week or the year that would be kind of a fun like a front <laughs> office um or rugby ops whatever you want to call it um but we had that we had that that team so that obviously you know I can't take all the credit um uh, but just building something from the start with no we didn't do any paid we didn't really have a budget and it just didn't make as much sense as it does nowadays to yeah. do that so um I got to you know, do some, some play-by-play um, for the Cerevi Selects back when they were um, tearing it up with their Triple Crown at the Vegas Vegas Heavens, uh, the Invitational. Nice. Um, and that was my first introduction to to Matt Turner back then and, you know, had the pleasure of working with him later now in life with the Seawolves. But, you know, Tomasi Tama, Miles Craigwell, Tim Moffin, Kellen Gordon, um, mm. Mike Palofau. I mean, they just had a... a once again a star-studded team and so getting to practice you know people and people cared about the scores of those things that was as professional as our rugby was then so um i was like i'm gonna tweet about it do some play-by-plays do some scores um so a big thing for me too is just like what what would i want as a rugby fan or a sports fan what do I want to know? When do I want to know it? And I try and use that lens um, pretty often. And it's definitely moved, you know, from the high school, college athlete, trying to go to a camp make a national team to um, the Seawolves audience, you know, our, our main, like, season ticket members and, and fans actually skew on the bit older side, I'd say, like, 35-plus. Yeah. Um, and so that's been kind of an interesting transition, um, thinking about when I can use emojis or when I need to just <laughs> – spell it out right. <laughs> <laughs> and be really clear um so yeah so my background at adam definitely helped a ton but i was kind of ready to get out of working in rugby um yeah. and just honestly make a bit more money the cost of living in seattle is tough and um although i got a ton of experience and i got to go to bermuda twice and coach i got to go to england for the world club sevens and help manage the team um, you know, really invaluable stuff. Sure. I was like, I still gotta gotta go make some money.
2: Unfortunately, so I got recruited for.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I got recruited for a healthcare job um, at Seattle Children's, which is our pediatric um research hospital here in here in the area. And I, I took a, took a risk. Um, and that, that, that paid off. Um, but at first I was just a contractor, it was a six month contract and it was like, let's see if it's a new a good fit. It was a new role for them. And I was like, if I, if I hate it after six months and I miss sport, then I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so I, and I'd Say probably a month and a half later, um, you know, there the the Seawolves kinda I knew about the Seawolves. I knew about MLR. Um I knew that it was gonna be in its infancy and like that wasn't a financial option for right. me quite yet. Um so I poked around a little bit, but that was that was the takeaway I got. So I was like, Okay, that's I can't do that right now. Maybe maybe let's let's get them through, you know, and we just got through the pro rugby situation, right? Yeah. So I wasn't exactly hopeful. Um that something was going to pan out and I know I was not the only one that was feeling that way. Right. Um so a teammate of mine, um she played a little bit of rugby here in Seattle but played mainly in in Chicago, um Kim Beal, she uh was PR head of PR for the Seattle Storm for about 6 years up here and we met through rugby, became friends via the industry and um her the Seattle Storm have a, an arm of sport management uh-huh. uh, called Force 10, and they help uh, they helped the the women's uh, NWSL team, the, the RAIN, which is now the OL RAIN, uh-huh. kind of get off the ground. Uh, they helped Pac-12 men's and women's basketball with ticket sales, and um, the current ownership of the Seawolves um, was friends with the president of the Storm, and so they are like, hey, let, let us help out. Um, with the PR and, and some of the stuff that maybe you don't want to deal with right. uh, in your first year. And so that just happened to be Kim. Uh, and uh, I was following the social media and there was a couple, just like small errors, not nothing. That's a, not a big deal. Um, but whether the weather uh, right, popped right. up on a, on an Instagram thing and it was the wrong weather and so I'd send her a screenshot like we do as teammates and we you know we banter and we pick on each other so I like send it to her and i was like you know get your get your boys or you know whoever whoever's running things like you know heads up and so after about three or four times of doing that I think she probably got annoyed to the point where clearly I might have been a better option um <laughs> And so she called me and and I was at work um, and she's like, hey, you know, I'm calling you as a friend, like the Seawolves owner is going to reach out to you tomorrow about, you know, supporting on the social front. Like, do you, do you have capacity? And I'm like a month and a half into this job and so far I'm really liking it, but I'm like, this is literally a dream situation. Right. Um, professional rugby in my backyard of my hometown um, as a sport management graduate. So I was like, I, you know, I swore a little bit and I was like, like, you know, no, but I'll, I'll make capacity, yeah. I'll make it work. And so, um, uh, for, former owner, uh, chain, chain Skinner reached out to me the next day and, and we had a conversation and, um, one thing led to another and I was, I was in the mix within, you know, a week or two as this, and this was, I think my first day was, technically March 9th, and I believe our first match against San Diego at home was April 22nd. Jeez. So um, it was another um, trial by fire, and now that I'm <laughs> saying this all to you, I'm like, wow, I've really had to learn on yeah. the fly for a long time.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the way to go through it, though. I feel like everybody I talked uh, to, and even like in my you know experience, too, it was the same way. When I worked for MLR, it was, I went to a free the free match that the Raptors played against Nola Gold, and I saw Hampton there that I'd met you know, six months earlier and he just was like, I'm drowning in work. Can you please help me? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I think it was the next day he sent me over the stuff and, and they were off. We went. So it's just kind of like how it goes. I feel like.
1: Okay. Well, that's making me feel a little, <laughs> a little less uh, crazy in, in the way that I've had to go about my, my rugby career, my professional career. So,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Um. Yeah. so yeah. So got, yeah, got stuck in through via a rugby connection, um, which is as serendipitous as that, as it should be.
0: Right. That's so, yeah. I mean, here you are five years later. So I guess what is, uh, what's a day in the life uh, of Carly look like as a, the director of marketing communications for the Seawolves?
1: Oh man. Yeah. So my new coined term for the role is, uh, uh, part-time job, full-time energy. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it's, it's definitely, it's so much more organized and, um, I do have, you know, marketing support through, through an agency, um, here in, here in Seattle, um, called Matic, which is actually, um, Adam Kopp was my boss, um, back at Atavis. Um, so I learned a lot from him and now I get to work with him. So it's a pretty cool full circle opportunity there. So I, I have so much more, support but now that this thing is sticking around we're going into year five um people are paying attention um it's something that i just think about all the time yeah. um because i'm like what's the next thing we could do to tap into that you know that audience in, here in seattle that just has never even heard of us or heard right. of like so um i work i work remotely now um be the the consequence of the pandemic um so and i'm an i'm in a non clinical role at Seattle children's, so um obviously that that helps with some of the other extracurricular rugby things I like to do in my life um as I can kind of multitask or or take calls as needed um, but yeah, I think social is still something that is a main thing. I'm doing all the posting um managing responding. Um, So definitely, you know, checking email and and the social channels, uh, especially during this time of season of the year when we're having international signings. So like we just announced Duncan Matthews overnight, um, South African fullback by way of the Blue Bulls and the Lions. And so, you know, we got a lot of traction overnight. So I kind of try and field that and and get rid of all the notifications in the morning um, and then kind of go about the day from there. So a Hand, handful of meetings, but I'm I'm not micromanaged, uh, That's or good. anything like that, so it's helpful. That's yeah. good.
0: This might be a personal question. What's your screen time look like? Do you even get did you turn off those reports Ooh. on Sunday? Yeah. Mine's bad I, too.
1: I think the last I don't even know. It's probably it's probably inaccurate since it's <laughs> the holidays and I've I've been on my downtime, but I think the most I've ever seen is probably 11 hours. Oof.
0: I'm not far I mean, off is, from that though. So I guess that's just how yeah. it is.
1: And it's, it's definitely a lot of Instagram, um, yeah. Instagram. And I think that's, yeah. Consumption is a uh, personal user. It is one of my favorite platforms as well as the, the sequels and it's where the players are at. Um, right. I, I, you know, I think, and unless you turn into like a, a, a proper professional rugby player. You're not really on Twitter, at least no, in America. Um, no, I'm even not our, even too. our, yeah. So it's interesting. They're all on the gram if they have anything. So,
0: yeah. What do you like most about your your role with the Sea Wolves?
1: I think getting to do a little bit of everything when it comes to that tone management and who I get to to work with. So, you know, we'll we'll have someone on Twitter all the way from Florida ask what a Seawolf is because they don't have Orcas down there, um, which is a totally a fair question. Um, you know, all the way to, you know, why was that a penalty? Um, or, you know, you know, kind of like looking at the roster. Well, some fans who are like, Oh, I would have, I would have put this person in and, you know, trying to engage where I can, um, I've had to learn how to like, just not respond. Um, oh, like yeah. we're getting to the point where like, I don't have to respond to everything. Um, and you still want to kind of make it special when you do respond. You don't want to give it to everybody. And you also don't want to engage with folks who are upset that their favorite player. Didn't get rostered yeah. on the match day 23. Um, you know, and then we have future, you know, players of, of the, you know, the Seawolves and MLR future to engage with. So I just, I get to kind of work with every odd type of audience member for rugby, whether it's the newbie or almost like the hater, like the person that's like on the fence that we kind of need to win over. And there's a lot of, um, um, and I know you're dealing with that a lot, especially trying to, you know, your work with the, the XOs and and trying to get, I'm sorry, the Raptors now,
0: um, American Raptors, it it changes um, quite a bit.
1: Yes. Yeah. But specifically in that whole, like the XOs, you know, approach and project, um, I'm sure you've been dealing with a lot of that, that energy as well. Um, you know, and then all the way to the, the the family that's totally bought in. And we have, you know, their daughter's a ball kid and um, stuff like that. And then the future player, um, as well as getting to like interact with the other sports teams in town. And yeah, um, we kind of have this like Seattle love
0: I've thing going that. on. And that's, I feel like you, and that's, your team is like the best at that of all the MLR teams, just based on what I've seen from afar.
1: And I well, and I think that that's something that was organically started by the other teams in the area, um, and now it's just even gone. Um, it's gone a step further. Um, you know, Russell Wilson owns part of the Sounders; um, yeah. he's part of their ownership group, um, as well as like Macklemore and Drew Carey. Um, so you have like Seattle celebrities, you know, kind of opting in. Um, one of the Sounders just started opened up a coffee shop up the way for me, and it's it's wonderful. It's Colombian coffee, and he's um you know south american and so there's just this energy that's already there and then you add like the rugby community and the values and the approach and like it just it makes it my job very easy um to interact so credit to all of those you know out there in the Seattle sports community that have kind of melded this yeah um welcoming non competitive place that's awesome to, to be a part of
0: cuz it is hard like i know i've seen i mean it's hard to prove you know legitimacy to The Seattle Seahawks, it's hard for them to, you know, take notice of you and acknowledge your existence and then even, you know, root you or cheer for you and, you know, root you on. So to be able to, you know, do that is awesome.
1: Yeah, and each team has different rules, I think. Um, And it goes back to that, like, are you getting do you have the freedom as a social media manager to do the community development or do you have rules? Right. Um, And I I think the Seahawks have a bit more rules and that might even be an NFL based thing, but I have noticed they're not as, um, you know, soccer gets pretty chippy. NHL gets pretty chippy. Uh I think like the predators, the predators or the hurricane, the Canes like locked one another this year on Twitter. That would seem like something the
0: league wouldn't allow. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so you know and then you you know pan over and you know we're we're really trying to push the friendly banter on the MLR side since the way that the league is set up, you know, we we all do better when we each do better. Right. So it's we're A rising trying to tide engage lifts all and,
0: boats, right, as they say.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Who what is the most challenging part of the job? Is just being alert all the time.
1: Yeah, I think being alert um I think I would say even in a non-COVID year, just dealing with the changes um, that professional sport
2: brings, right.
1: um, you know, roster changes and um, whether that, that information gets to me, uh, you know, in the in the time I would like it to be. Um, <laughs> and we've had a decent amount of, like, turnover. Um, as someone who's been there from the beginning, I believe I'm one of two. Uh, my boss, Brian Jones, is, is the other one. He's our president. Um, who I believe is you've mentioned to me before is Colorado native. He's got
0: some, some Colorado ties.
1: Yeah. So I think him and I are are the last two standing from, from 2018 from the operation side. Um, And it's just been tough, like getting a process. So yeah, those changes like our our product is, is people. Um, The players are a product. And so when our, our, if someone gets hurt and we have, changes um and and some people don't maybe think about broadcast and think about um updating our fans the way that that i have to and right um you know stuff like that so that's that's tough but i know that everyone else is fielding um a million different things so just trying to you know when i approach the situation it's just trying to be you know be be human about it like hey
0: people got different priorities you know
1: yeah um and then you add you know, COVID into the mix. um, And that was a whole another thing to be like being on like mask photo duty. Yeah. You know, are we, are, are we representing, you know, it's like, yes, we want to represent the brand. You know, we don't want the guys, you know, out like posting a bunch of party pics. So now we add the mask in six feet and
0: be responsible. Yeah. Make sure that's, that's tough.
1: Yeah. So just kind of having my, my I feel like I need to have my my nose and my ears to the ground at all times and um and I but I think that I do enjoy that but it is it is difficult so I think yeah. even the, the hard parts of the job I still enjoy um That's sometimes I just feel like it's a lot of preventable things yes. or we could see it coming so it's like how do we build some processes in to to make you know rugby a bit more professional right. um and that that's something i tell the guys um i didn't get to do it last year cuz we were not assembling the way that we yeah. normally would um, um but i normally tell them in my like my media um media whoa! training sorry my my puppy oh, in the that's background
0: that's okay dogs <laughs> are welcome on the podcast the dog podcast okay
1: he's a big um ball guy like mom is so he needs yeah. his needs his ball there we go <laughs> um i tell them that like we have to it's just like being a student athlete right you have to be a student before you can be an athlete yeah. um and with with rugby with where we're at right now like we have to be professional right before we can have the rugby bit before we can have the boat races and the tour energy and the banter it's like we got to tick these boxes first before we can get that. So I've, I've been trying to remind them cause we're in this, it's a weird transition. It's it weird for me. I, I know a lot of these guys and I know them personally. So right. um, it's, it's something we all have to do um, is for the good of the sport. Right. If we want to.
0: Right. To grow. I, I've had a lot of conversations like that privately, I guess, like just with people and, you know, my personal life and, um, I feel like we are getting there slowly but surely, but yeah, there is there is, you know, certain things that I still look at and I'm like, This gotta change if this is gonna last, you know, like we need to make the appropriate changes if we want this to keep growing and trending in the right direction.
1: Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. And er- that means we someone's gotta be the 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 party pooper. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's me a lot.
0: <laughs> that, like you said, somebody has to do it. It's a dirty job, but somebody has to do it. So, Carly, uh, I like asking rugby people this: What's your favorite rugby memory? Kind of comes off the top of your head. And I like asking this. It could be, uh, you know, a high school match. It could be, oh, whatever. Like you've been involved with a lot of cool, you know, different things. I'm gonna ask you favorite Seawolf memory next. So maybe, maybe don't say one of those uh, if you want to. But uh, what's your what's your favorite rugby memory that comes to your mind?
1: Yeah, I I'm sure there's probably a, a top 5 list somewhere, but um as someone who has always been uh you know not the not the shining star uh, or a game changer I I would call it. Um I did have my like game changing moment um actually there in Glendale back in uh 2016 um I suffered a knee injury uh in practice, uh, a little bit of a little bit of friendly fire. Um but I'm not bitter, it's okay. And I didn't get to go to the sweet 16s or the round eight, whatever we did the weekend before. Um, mainly because our coach said, like, no, a few more weeks, even though my PT had cleared me.
2: Yep.
1: And so I was just like, man, like, I want to play. I want to play. Um, and so we are queued up to face Chicago North Shore. Um, this is their pre-WPL days um, in the D1 final uh, in Glendale. And we beat Beantown the year before, um, so this would be an opportunity to go back-to-back, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, this is when we had Naima Reddick, Ashley Kamichik, Kelsey Stockert. We had some some household Eagle names uh, on the squad. Um, I think Carrie White was still in the mix at that point, former, former Eagle 9. Um, so and, and then just girls that have been playing together for a long time. And I ended up starting uh in the final but on the wing Uh, and kelsey stalker did not start on the wing which i was like wait a second like Uh why am i on the wing um that's not i haven't played wing since high school type of thing but their mindset the coaching staff um was like we need you on the field for kicking Mm -hmm. because that is my bread and butter um and so i was like all right so i think uh in the first like 15 or 20 minutes we had a couple penalties and you know as you know the the high altitude um in yeah. glendale uh is great for golfers and, yeah. and r- rugby kickers
0: uh <laughs> i kicked footballs in high school too and that's why i was like, like oh my out, god i was in denver you know so we when we'd go play like down in colorado springs or something the ball would fly a little a little bit farther made my kickoffs yeah. look a little bit better yes
1: you're like oh a nice little edge That's yes like a fun thing to look forward to and so um we i don't remember the final score i think it was 30 something to 10 maybe but i got to put the first nine points on the board um within the first 20 25 minutes of a game and, and now that i'm working in professional rugby i know how important that is right um i'm pretty sure atlanta beat seattle this year predominantly by kicks right. um at home and so like one try and the rest were penalties. So I, um, I kind of had my, my shiny moment where I felt like I was really, you know, contributing to the, to the scoreboard. Um, Cause I'm just, I don't have a knack for the try zone. I love putting other people in it. Yeah. So I think that was my, my favorite. And we awesome. got to go back to back.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I totally know what you mean. Like I said, love kicking. And it makes, it's, it's disappointing for me though. Cause I have picked up golf in the last few years and I am, so bad everywhere else like when i played in hawaii with my parents and don't hit it as far it sucks um
1: Uh, yeah it's a tough learning curve it
0: is (laughs) so what is uh what's your favorite sea wolves memory then since you've been there for literally all of them
1: oh yeah um i mean the i think there was a game when we played nola year one where i think brock stallard scored 20 out of the 25 points uh-huh. um you know and, and that he got the baller brock staller uh name i uh, i got to witness the the seawall being born um when the guys went 34 phases against utah uh-huh. um which after talking to uh hulu this this past year who played for utah and for us. Um I kinda of agree with him. He posted that I think the, the best rivalry in the MLR might actually be Seattle and Utah. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of the grudge match. Everyone thinks it's San Diego because of the, of the one match, yeah. but I think the ba- the proper back and forth with Utah um might might be our actual rivalry. Um so yeah, so thirty four phases turned over the ball, everyone the seawall defense was born. Um you know, but it's just tough to beat being in San Diego um and watching Joe Peterson go for the drop goal and and thinking, oh, we have time left. Yeah. Uh and um yeah, high tackle kick the to touch and uh Dan Triweiler on the on the throw and, and a and a thirteen man mall um to to win it in overtime. Um and to be there. I unfortunately though i I will regret this for the rest of my life. I was on the, the other side of the field. Um, Where are you? I was kitty. I, cor- I was kitty corner, uh, oh man, I was across I the way. Down,
0: I came down from the box. I walked right down that Hill and I just stood right there and it just so happened to roll right into my face. I had a great uh, view of that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you got it at least because <laughs> I'm, it's, I just was standing on the side of the field, um, with my former, former, um, player that I coached, uh, current teammate and current now best friend uh, Jenny Johnson. Yeah, um, she's my she's my Twitter Twitter spotter on on match day. I always day. see you um, guys so, on
0: TV together. I can always like yes. this big blonde girl and then Carly right now. Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. She is awesome and she also works in in sports, so it's definitely not a uh, a handout by any means. She's earned her spot to to be there and, and help um, on on match day. Um, but yeah, so we st- we always stand on the that 22 when we're at starfire so that's just kind of where we camped out and um yeah but she did turn the gopro on early uh that's and good. she got my reaction um so i have my full reaction uh on video so i i'm i guess that's probably why it's my favorite is because it's one yeah. i get to re- replay it on my phone every every now and then that is so. a
0: good one i love it uh Carly, what's the rest of the I guess it's it's hard to even call it the off season anymore because the season's right around the corner. So I guess what's the next few weeks look like for you?
1: Yeah. So next few weeks uh will be headshot day. Um so getting the media media day done once um once we get the kit, uh kit in hands here in here in Seattle from Paladin. Um it will be hopefully kind of a media combine, um, which we normally like to be a bit more hands on, um, with, but with the, the rising COVID cases, I don't think we're going to, you know, let, let the media come and and hit a tackle bag, pass a rugby ball, be lifted in a line out. Um, kind of that stuff we like to, we like to normally do. So getting them out to at least a practice to get some B roll, um kind of just hammering the media outlets um the seahawks are not having a good season um and the kraken matches um keep getting postponed because of covid and and the canadian border issues um so i think we have a a good opportunity you know the sounders don't start till feb um spacing on when the storms start but we have this kind of like really nice window and and kind of pathway that i would like to Capitalize on with yeah. I can with the media, um, and then yeah, we're supposed to have some uh, two preseason matches um, against UBC O B uh, Ravens out of British Columbia, and then uh, Phil Mac is bringing the Rugby Canada West Celtics yeah. down for another um, <clears throat> preseason preseason test, which I'm 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 extra looking forward to that one just because I think um, sounds like the, the the age is like twenty five and younger. Perfect. For the for the rugby Canada guys and I know that they they need uh they need some some positivity. Uh you know, obviously I want the two Wolves to win, yes. but it doesn't mean they can't come and perform and, and kinda spark some some hope for right. their fans um for the future moving forward. So it is gonna be busy.
0: Yes. It's it's right around the corner too. What is it, thirty some days, forty some days, something like that?
1: Yeah, I think we're like, ooh, I don't know, thirty eight days oh. to yeah, we, we host Toronto um Feb six.
0: Yeah. So that, that'll be here before we know it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we have a Thursday game against Utah. So oh that'll be um yeah, and then LA Toronto's gonna play LA uh up in BC. Cool. On the eleventh. So I was like, Oh, I was like, can I
0: can Shoot I can I you? go
1: sh- yeah, if the Clippers open, that would be that I would love. To, I mean, that's going to be the first MLR match played in in BC for yeah. first regular season. So um, we'll see. Maybe I I can sneak up and go be a fan. Um,
0: it's the best. I've been doing that a lot more these last couple of years. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, that's all the questions I have for you, Carla. I usually leave this last part open. If you want to push show, uh, socials or anything, feel free to to shout it out.
1: Oh yeah. Well, obviously I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say, you know, go go ahead and go follow um yeah. at Seawolves Rugby <laughs> on all the the accounts. We just got our, our Twitter verification. Um uh, which that. was Congratulations. a bucket. thank you, thank you. That it was a bucket like you, list you item. Went,
0: you went ten rounds with Twitter, it looked like over these last uh, couple of months. So
1: Yes, yeah. So excited. That's that legitimacy piece, you know, you were talking about earlier. Yeah. That's massive massive in our, our sport market. So yeah, we're at Seawolves Rugby. Um and then care to follow me, I'm at McKinnon Carly on, on Twitter and uh at caffeinated Carly on Instagram, which I still can't believe that handle was available. <laughs> yeah. That's a gem. <laughs> It's perfect. So so yeah, I'm the voice and the face behind the the brand and um excited to continue to be and um yeah I'm just gonna keep doing doing whatever doing whatever I can to grow the game until hopefully it's a, a professional um full time opportunity which i know a lot of folks are are also in line and and waiting for so i hope we all get to get there um in due time
0: yeah we'll keep up the good work carly thank you so much for your time i'll try to shoot up again i gotta have you know seattle on my list every year try to shoot up again catch a match this year so i'll be sure to say hello
1: all right we can't wait to see you
0: i hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with seattle seawolf director of communications carly mckinnon I know I certainly did. I appreciate Carly taking some time out of her day to come chat with me for a little bit. I felt kind of bad because I think she was on vacation, you know, when we arranged that phone call, uh, so I had to make her work a little bit, um, but I really did appreciate the the conversation and I enjoyed it and I hope everybody did as well, so make sure you give Carly a follow. Keep up with everything she's doing over there with the Sea Seawolves, uh, just a, a kind of a fun look behind the curtain uh, and something to think about, I guess, as the year goes on, so We'll go ahead and move into the required reading portion of the show now and um, do some shameless self-promotion here. Uh, but I'm working on this thing every week this uh, this year during MLR season called the MLR Grab Bag. Uh, it's a weekly feature I'll be putting together every Monday, sometimes on Tuesday if I need to take a Monday off or something. But I really want to highlight the fun parts of rugby because uh, I feel like these last couple of years I've been doing these weekly recaps and to be honest, I'm just bored of it. Like I'm bored of writing, this team beat this team and this person scored the try, and this person kicked the conversion. So I found myself last year kind of dreading writing those. When it came time to do it, wasn't looking forward to it. I wasn't excited about it. It um, felt like work. And so I thought, you know, I want to do something a little bit more fun. I want to do something that excites me and gets me excited to write it and put it together. So hopefully that translates into people excited to read it. And I think I found something fun to replace those boring weekly recaps with in this grab bag Um, And it's already been more enjoyable for me. Just one weekend of even thought this week, I've been finding myself thinking of stuff to, you know, put in it. How can I make it better? Uh, What I think people would enjoy. Um, So I think it's good. It feels good. It feels fresh. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to keeping that up all year, kind of seeing where it goes and seeing how it does and seeing what people, you know, whether they like it or not. So I will link that article and the article that houses this podcast and in the description of this podcast. Um, and I highly encourage you all to check it out because it's it's fun. I want to highlight the fun stuff, the cool stuff, uh, because at the end of the day, it's sports. Sports should be fun. Sports shouldn't feel like, you know, sports, there's times when sports, you know, has more meaning and um, it's bigger than that. and but, but most of the time, sports is fun, and I want to highlight that. So uh, check that out. I would really appreciate it. Let me know what you think. We'll go ahead and close the show with the loop. Best way to keep up with everything we've got going on at the NVR Rugby is by following along on Twitter at the NVR underscore Rugby and at Colton Strickler's my personal account. Uh, got some other fun pieces in the works. Still trying to put it all together, but um, some some good stuff regarding the Raptors that I am excited about, uh, and I am excited to see you know what happens with M L R this year. Uh, looking forward to making some more fun content. Uh, hopefully, gets a little bit more people into rugby share it if you if you got people that you might be you might think would be interested in rugby uh, send them some of it see if they like it but that's my show for the week thank you to everybody for listening i hope y'all had a great week i hope you have a great weekend and i will catch you all back here next week enjoy the matches enjoy the super bowl